Father, we pray that you would help us now to hear and to understand your word. We pray that you would help us to worship you and to serve you alone. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. I've got a question for you tonight. And the question is this. What is your treasure? What is it that you hold most precious? What is it that you're giving your life to? Uh, For some, it might be uh, kids or career or caravanning, uh, money or motors or makeup, health or wealth, clothes or canopies. Uh, Whatever it might be, uh, Jesus declares that the things we treasure show the location of our hearts. You see, every person on earth is making some kind of investment. You and me, each of us, is working towards amassing treasure of one kind or another. We see it all around us and perhaps even in our own lives. Over the course of a generation or so, we've witnessed a remarkable growth in consumerism in recent history. Uh, The race to have the biggest house, the fanciest car, uh, the most attractive wife or uh, or most handsome husband, uh, the most perfect children, uh, the latest gadgets, plural, uh, the hottest designer fashions, the best restaurants, uh, the two or three exotic holidays per year, and everything else that goes with that lifestyle. The thing is, though, that we may not even realise that we're caught up as slaves, worshipping wealth, bowing down to mammon. As we consume all these things, we find that they are actually consuming us. Wealth, Jesus says, is a bad master. He says there on page 971, Uh, And verse 24, Jesus says, No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Jesus says you can't do it. And yet that's what so many of us try to do. Even those of us in the church, uh, supposedly Christian, yet giving our devotion to wealth. We think that we can serve both God and wealth. Jesus says it can't be done, but we want to be the exception. We want to be the one uh, who uh, Jesus didn't mean. But Jesus says that we cannot obey the orders of two masters. It's the stuff of a comedy sketch. Imagine an employee in a shop uh, where two managers keep giving her orders. Uh, One says, 
We need you on the tills. Go and serve customers on the tills. And the other comes to say, no, 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 go and stock the shelves. We're low in stock. Go and stock the shelves. And they keep appearing from different parts of the shop, wondering why she's not doing what they said. She simply can't do both. You can't serve two masters. And yet that's precisely what we try to do. We uh, try to find the middle way, keeping in with both, uh, but it simply cannot work, Jesus says. We'll end up serving one or the other, either God or money. But which is the better master? Uh, Which is the one that we should serve? Well, here's what Jesus says in verse 19. Uh, Look at it with me. He says, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. Imagine working hard to store up treasure only for it to rust away or be stolen away. What a wasted effort. Designer fashions become food for moths. Classic cars turn into rust buckets. Money and goods are easy pickings for burglars. Jesus is saying that this earthly treasure will ultimately let you down. It will break your heart. And it won't last. As someone once wisely said, there are no pockets in a shroud. You you can't take it with you. Instead, Jesus tells us, verse 20, he says, But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth and rust do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. Only our investment in the bank of heaven is a sound investment. So how do we invest in this way? How do we store up treasure in heaven? Well, that same phrase is found in the incident when the rich young ruler comes to Jesus in Matthew chapter 19 and declares that he has kept all of the commandments. And Jesus says to him, if you would be perfect, go, sell what you possess and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. It seems that to store up treasure in heaven, it means we have to use the the treasure that we have here and now in heavenly ways. It's an open-handed generosity. Seeking to help others and make an impact in their lives rather than a tight-fisted selfishness holding on to what you have for your own benefit. It's about changing your priorities and and your concerns. Moving from following and serving money to instead serving God, who is our Heavenly Father. And that will show itself in the values that we live by. Whether Whether we worry about material things or if we will trust our Heavenly Father. You see, that's why verse 25 begins with a therefore. 
Uh, it's been said that if you see a therefore in the Bible, then you have to ask what it's there for. Uh, it's a connecting word, and so you need to see uh, how the connections fit together. So uh, forget about that little heading uh, where it says, do not worry. And instead read from verse 24 through. Uh, so Jesus says, you cannot serve both God and money. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? You see, if you're serving wealth and only ever investing in earthly treasure, then you'll be given to worry about these material things. What to eat, what to drink, what to wear. Yet Jesus says that life is about more than just food. That the body is more important than just being a clothes horse. He says, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Jesus is saying that God cares about, about us more than he does about the birds of the air. And because he cares, he will provide us with what we need. I wonder, did you ever see a bird sowing seed and growing its own food? No. Or did you ever uh, see a bird driving a tractor or a combine harvester? Mm, probably not. Or did you ever see a bird worrying about the price of things in Tesco? Again, it sounds silly, doesn't it? So if God provides for the birds of the air without them doing anything to help themselves, then how much more will God care for us and provide what we need? Jesus then goes on to talk about clothes and worrying about clothes. He says, and why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Now you can probably tell that I am not the most fashionable person uh, in the world, um, but I wonder who uh, would be uh, in your uh, opinion. Uh, if you had to pick someone who was the best dressed, uh, then who would you, uh, would you pick? Uh, maybe you do keep an eye on the latest styles on the catwalk uh, and know all about supermodels and things like that. I have absolutely no idea about any of that. But the example that Jesus uses is King Solomon. Solomon was king of Israel about a thousand years before this, this time and had lived in luxury. We got a little sampling of that in chapter 10 of 1 Kings. 
And yet Jesus says that the lilies of the field are better dressed even than Solomon, who must have spent thousands on his clothes. Now these days, November is a a dark and dreary time, isn't it? Most of the flowers have have died in the garden. Uh, But think back to the summer blooms. Or think about what you've planted and hope will grow in the springtime. Uh, The flowers are glorious, uh, such a variety of colour and splendour. But the flowers don't ponder fashion magazines to see what they should look like. And they don't follow the, uh, the catwalk styles. And they don't labour or spin to create their vivid colours. They don't have to do anything about it. They just have to be. And Jesus says if God makes sure that the lilies are looking well, then how much more will he look after us? Jesus tells us not to worry about all these things. What happens when you worry about something? If you're anything like me, you will uh, think about something over and over and over and over and over and over again. And you'll, you'll turn it around and you'll think about it from one angle and another angle and another angle. And you'll try to solve it. Looking at it from lots of different ways. Your mind will be like a washing machine, turning it around and around. You might not even be able to sleep if you keep thinking about your worries. You see, when we worry, we make our problems seem bigger. And yet worrying doesn't really achieve anything. Uh, So back in uh, verse 27, uh, Jesus says, Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? Or in the footnote, um, can add a single cubit uh, to his height? No matter how much you try to worry, uh, you'll never be any taller uh, than you are now. Uh, How much I wish worrying would give me an extra inch or two, but... It didn't happen. Uh, Perhaps you've heard this before. Worry is like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but it doesn't move you any further on. It gets you nowhere. But rather than just saying, don't worry, because I don't think that helps very much, Jesus calls us instead to something positive. Jesus calls us to trust in the God who is our Father. Did you notice that? He says, your heavenly Father feeds the birds. God cares for us and provides for us because he is our Father in heaven. And Jesus says that it's a matter of getting our priorities right. Here's what he says. So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom, and his righteousness, 
and all these things will be given to you as well. C.S. Lewis, who wrote The the Lion, the Witch in the Wardrobe, the the Narnia stories, uh, once said uh, that those who aim for earth miss out on heaven. But those who aim for heaven get earth thrown in as well. As we serve God, our Heavenly Father, as we make His priorities our priorities, we discover that money becomes a tool for the kingdom rather than a rival king. We discover that God is well able to supply all that we need to live and to love and to serve him. So where will you store your treasures this week? Whose kingdom will you seek? Will you serve your money as your God? Or will you use your money in the service of God? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we acknowledge that all good gifts come from you. We thank you for all that you do give to us. But we pray, Father, that you would help us to use the money that you give us in your service rather than to worship it. So, Father, we pray that you would help us to to think through these priorities of yours. That we would seek first your kingdom and your righteousness. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.